Hi, I'm MJ Antu, and my husband Apoc and I are planting a church in Anaheim Hills, California called Zion Church. Our mission at Zion is to create spaces for God to dwell and for hearts to be transformed by the love of Jesus. So whether you are here for the first time or you're joining us again, we want to thank you for tuning in. If you're looking for a church community or are wanting to partner with the mission of Zion, there are two ways to do so. The first one is joining the launch team. As we continue to connect and to serve our community both in person and online, we are needing your help. You can join the team by going to zionchurch.live launch. Second, you can become a financial supporter. We understand that we cannot do this alone. As a church, we believe that we don't just meet to meet, we meet to meet needs. And in order to effectively meet those needs, it requires the generosity of people like you and me. You can go to zionchurch.live slash give to become a financial supporter. And on behalf of our entire Zion family, we want to say thank you. Hi, I'm Apoc and thank you for joining Zion Church today. We are starting a brand new series going through the letter of the Apostle Paul to the Colossians Church. And I pray the next couple of weeks would draw you closer to Jesus and to a better understanding of who he is. But before we do, let me pray for today's message. Jesus, I pray that today's message would change us and make us more like you. We refuse to simply be informed today, God. We pray that we would be transformed. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would give me the power and the wisdom to preach the gospel with clarity, uh, love, and grace. Help me to get out of the way so that it is you who speaks and it is you who people see. We give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Today we're going to go through uh, chapter 1 and verse 15 through 23. And verse 15 says this. He is the image of the invisible God. This is Jesus, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and hostile uh, in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and which I, Paul, became a minister. Today's message is titled this, Always Only 
Jesus. If you are like me, you have probably heard many people give their take on who Jesus is through preachings, blogs, extensive YouTube channels, different denominations, protests, and memes. And the Apostle Paul wasn't a stranger to people giving their opinions on Jesus either. And as he begins his letter, he decides to start by addressing who Jesus is. And I think everyone has wrestled with questions like, what is the Christian faith and what makes the message of Christianity unique? Is it to feed the poor? Is it to take care of the sick? To create community? Restore relationships? I think these are all good responses, but one of the main teachings of Christianity is for us to know and experience the nature and the person of Jesus. So who is Jesus? I want to highlight three attributes of Jesus that Paul mentions here in chapter 1 and why the center of the gospel is always only Jesus. The first one is this. Jesus is God. Paul focuses his attention in explaining who Jesus is. Why? Because he needed to remind the Colossians that Jesus wasn't just another prophet or a good teacher, but he is God. The God that through, through him all things we see was made and he holds the world together. I want us to ponder on that statement. Jesus is the God who holds the entire universe together. Paul felt compelled to talk about Jesus' deity because he experienced firsthand what a misconception of Jesus looks like. There was no one during that time who was more informed about the things of God and the laws of God like Paul, and yet he found himself being a persecutor of Christians in the name of God. But then something happened. That leads us to the book of Acts, chapter 9. It tells us this story. But Saul, who is Paul, still breathing threats and murders against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. The encounter, uh, this encounter with Jesus shifted everything for Paul. It gave him the revelation that Jesus was the very God he was trying to defend. You know, the Gospel of John chapter 1 tells us this. In the beginning was the Word, Jesus. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life uh, was light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This is why we must grasp the divinity of Jesus. 
Because when we establish that Jesus isn't just another option, just another good person, just another prophet, just another vibe or energy, but we establish that he is God, we make him the central reason of our faith and for our unity. Transformation is found through experiencing the resurrecting power and nature of Jesus. This is why we are so passionate about our mission as a church to create spaces for God to dwell and for hearts to be transformed by the love of Jesus. Because we are convinced when Jesus is present, things change. Circumstances change. We change. If you are here for the first time and you don't know who Jesus is, I pray you can see him for who he truly is, God. If you are here today and you're a believer of Jesus, I want to encourage you, don't forget who Jesus is. In a world so divided, we need people who are united in Jesus. We have allowed issues, topics, um, and causes to divide us. But the essence of Christianity isn't what we believe, but who we believe. This is why Paul says in verse 17, And he, Jesus, is before all things, and in him, Jesus, all things hold together. Who is holding your life? Who is holding your friendships? Um, If you're a believer of Jesus, who is holding the church? What are we being known for? The answer is simple. It has always been, it will always be, and it shall always be only Jesus. Moving on to verse 19 and 20, it says this, For in him, Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. The second attribute of Jesus that I want to share is this. Jesus is our reconciler. The sacrifice of Jesus brings peace through reconciliation. The message of reconciliation is an essential part of the gospel. As believers of Jesus, we understand that we cannot receive the gospel and reject people. When we become believers of Jesus, Jesus draws us towards people, not away from them. But we have traded being right with people for just being right. When we live this way, we move from trying to satisfy Jesus to simply satisfying our own ego. Verse 21 and 22 continues. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. When we lose sight of who Jesus is, It alienates us and makes us hostile towards God and people because it removes us from the one that binds us, Jesus. Losing sight of Jesus is losing sight of the nature of God. The nature of God is to reconcile. The gospel teaches us that it is Jesus and not our works that reconciled us to God. That means that reconciliation fell on God and not on humanity. This is the message, uh, uh, it's, it's so key because it shifts our approach to God and people. The Apostle Paul says in another letter to the church in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says this, 
All this is from God who reconciled us to himself in Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. And in another letter, the Apostle Paul tells the church in Rome, in Romans chapter 5, verse 6 and 8, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely anyone will die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Again, reconciling is in the nature of God. And that very nature of reconciliation should now be in us. But let me be clear. There's a huge difference in being peacekeepers and peacemakers. Peacemaking requires us to acknowledge and repent. It means that we lead the way in righting wrongs. We don't just see problems. We take ownership of them even when we didn't create them. We understand that just because it's not our fault doesn't mean it's not our responsibility. As believers of Jesus, we don't wait on people who offended us to repent in order for us to reconcile with them. God didn't do that. God didn't wait for us to get right for him to forgive us. God moved first and is continually moving towards us. God is obsessed with reconciling with us and as believers. It, it, it should be our obsession to reconcile with people. You know, it breaks my heart when I hear so many say that Christians are angry, bitter, and divisive people. That uh, many of the hurt and pain being inflicted in our country is coming from the people of the Christian faith. Church, we gotta, we gotta change the narrative. This is the perfect time for us to rise up and show everyone that we're, that we're different. We got to lead change. We got to create change. We got to fight for change. Let's stop canceling one another. Come on, I feel like preaching today. We got to get back to Jesus because it's always about Jesus and it should only be about Jesus. Let's go back to verse 23. It says this, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and which I, Paul, became a minister. Here's the last attribute of Jesus. Jesus is our hope. I know things are so divisive right now, but don't let your hope shift away from Jesus. I know there's so much hatred right now, but don't let your hope shift away from Jesus. Maybe you've been attacked and labeled, but don't let your hope shift away from Jesus. If we spend our days fighting people, we will miss out ushering the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is Jesus, and his message is a message of love, grace, reconciliation, and restoration. You know, as I studied for this message, I felt the Holy Spirit convict me by asking me, did you become a servant of God because of Jesus or because of a cause? 
Being motivated by a cause isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it isn't going to sustain us. There are so many causes that are worth fighting for that we need something or someone to anchor us, and that's Jesus. I want to finish with this passage found in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 16 and on. People swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all arguments. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. And we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever. This is why everything hinges on Jesus. Because Jesus is the oath of God. The author tells us that an oath is made to put an end to all argument. And God wanted to settle the debate of who he is by sending us Jesus. God wanted to make sure we took his promises and his purpose set out before the foundation of the world seriously. So he sent his son, Jesus. The author of Hebrews tells us that it is impossible for God to lie. And we hold on to that hope, which is Jesus, as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. Jesus entered the presence of God on our behalf, and now we have access to the fullness of God because of Jesus. What a hope! Being a follower of Jesus isn't about being an optimist or denying reality. It isn't a message of escaping. It's a message of hope. A hope that we will see better days because of Jesus. We place our hope in Jesus because Jesus is God. He has all the authority and power to change any circumstance we are facing. Jesus is our reconciler, so there isn't a single relationship or situation he cannot mend and heal. And that's why our hope is Jesus, because it's always only Jesus. Let me pray for you today. Jesus, we declare that we need you. We declare boldly that you are God and we are not. As I pray, I believe there are people listening who are experiencing for the first time your presence. Jesus, you are not a dead and defeated activist. You are a resurrected Savior who sits at the right hand of God in all authority. And because of this, we come to you with praise and thanksgiving. You are the God who through the who through the entire universe was created and who holds all things together. Jesus, we ask for you to be the glue that holds our world. There's so much turmoil and we need you to fix it. Fix it, Jesus. We thank you for being a reconciler because of the work of the cross. We are now reconciled with God and you now give us the message of reconciliation. God, we repent for alienating people and creating hostile environments. That is not your nature. That is not your heart. 
Forgive us, Lord. We commit from this day forward to lead the way in reconciliation, that we would lead the way in bringing people together through the banner of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, give us the power to be peacemakers. And thank you for being our hope, Jesus. We have this hope, which is you, as an anchor for our soul. We hold steadfast to this hope because you are the oath of God. You are the image of the promise and the purpose of God. Jesus, things might be difficult, but we hold on to you. Tensions might be high, but we hold on to you. Relationships might be at the brink of ending, but God, we hold on to you, Jesus. We have this hope that just as you resurrected from the dead, that dead things in our lives will come back to life. You make all things new. We declare it and believe it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, before I go, um, I want to give someone who has never given their life to Jesus to do it today. Maybe you've heard about Jesus, but you don't follow him. And there's something inside of you right now that is nudging you. I believe it's the Holy Spirit. God wants to use your story, your life right now to make a difference. And it all starts by asking Jesus to come into your heart, to your life. Would you pray this with me? Heavenly Father, I come to you today to give you my whole life. I need your forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Make me brand new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit that I would have the power to know you, to serve you, to follow you. My life is not my own. God, I give it to you. Thank you for new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or if you have a testimony to share about today's message, we'd love to hear it. Email us at info at zionchurch.life. Well, may the Lord bless you and keep you, and let's keep creating spaces for God to dwell. God bless you all.